Let's break down the top week two waiver wire grabs. Who should you be grabbing off your waiver wire heading into week two? What players are going to be that that difference maker? Should you put all your $5 on them, all your free agent dollars? Should you use your waiver spot claim if you've got one of those rolling waivers? Or should you save it? Let's break it down. My top waiver wire guy for week two and actually, I kind of go back and forth on who I want it to be. Uh, I think the first name has to be Naheem Hines because he looks like he's in that Austin Eckler role in Indianapolis where Phillip Rivers is now the quarterback and he laser locks onto his running back. We know how he rolls. And he's been leaning on Naheem Hines very, very much, at least so far, after one week, like he leaned on Austin Eckler. And I know Jonathan Taylor is about to rise up and become a monster. And for those of you that want to trade for a running back before they become a running back one, don't shy away from making offers for Jonathan Taylor uh, while we're on the topic because his value climbed a lot this weekend with the injury to Marlon Mack. His, his value is still going to climb, similar to when you know Chris Godwin was the sixth and seventh rounder last offseason in January and February. Chris Godwin was the sixth and seventh rounder. And Arian said in, I don't know, February, March, no, maybe in April even, he said Chris Godwin's going to catch 100 balls in 2019. And boom, Godwin went from sixth to seventh round value in early mock drafting in January and February last year to literally like the, the third round fourth round at first, but he climbed into the third. And then people stopped drafting him. A lot of people stopped drafting him and said, I'm out. You know, he climbed, he doubled in value. You know, too good to be true. How could the stock keep going? You know, that old, I missed out on the climb. Why invest now? You know, why invest at its peak? But people misjudge his peak. He was still going to do a whole lot more than third round value. So I, I bring that up because I feel like Jonathan Taylor, you know, Jonathan Taylor is going to be that good. People are going to think that his value is capped out. It's not. People are going to think, oh, you know, he went from flex to running back two all of a sudden, but Naheem Hines is still there. You know, I, I think maybe he's limited, and I'm just going to hold off on going to get him because he just went from flex to, to high-end running back two. Guess what? He's going to become a running back one. Buy low. Don't be shy. Make those offers. You know, leave a comment in my YouTube videos at sleeper, or I'm sorry, at smitty1.com. That's my short link to my YouTube show. Leave a comment with the trade idea you might have. I'll let you know what I think of it before you send it out. Or if you've got an incoming offer, leave a comment at smitty1.com on any of my videos, and I will get back to you. I'm pretty good about getting back to almost every single comment uh, that you guys drop. So I take pride in that. That's what, that's what I'm kind of known for is over-engaging with my audience. So uh, I'm pretty accessible there in my comments. A, it, it drives engagement. So you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to reply. B, it makes the show a lot more engaging for other people and then they get more involved and, and on and on this thing goes and grows. So smitty1.com. Now back on topic because I get sidetracked pretty easily. Naheem Hines is like a, a eight target a game running back potentially. And Marlon Mack, torn Achilles, out for the year. Jonathan Taylor steps into the one and two role. 
one first down, second down roll. Naheem Hines will play on the field during first and second down two. He's not going to just be a third down guy. He'll probably be on the field at the same time. They know what kind of weapon they have as a wide receiver in Naheem Hines. So, you know, I think everyone needs to accept that this is the Melvin Gordon-Eckler situation where both can have extremely good value and not to run from one because of the other. If you need now production, if you think a difference maker that can get you over 10 points a game is going to help you win your league, then Naheem Hines is your 1.1 waiver wire pickup in week two. If you are more of a hold person, like, I don't need this player now. I won't use this player now. I'm not saying Naheem Hines isn't your guy, but there are two other names to consider based on your options in those two names. Uh, in no particular order yet, maybe I'll break that down right now, but those two names are, are Benny Snell and Joshua Kelly. Benny Snell, the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he might start week two because James Conner is hampered. And Joshua Kelly is the backup running back to Austin Eckler with the Chargers. And he's not going to overtake Eckler. And I'll break that down right after this. Uh, we're going to pay the bill real quick. Pay the bills with this quick ad. Uh, these ads are short, guys. They help pay the bills. So I apologize if you um, have to sit through them. But this one's like literally 30 seconds. The next two names, Benny Snell. And Joshua Kelly, you really got to ask yourself, what are you looking for? Do you need now production like with Naheem Hines, who I think is your one, your number one pick if you need now production because he's guaranteed so much PPR work. But, you know, you could consider Snell. If Snell was starting, like if we knew for sure he was starting, he'd easily be as valuable as Hines, maybe worth more, maybe top 10, top 8 to 10 running back potential in the Pittsburgh offense. But we don't know what his role is going to be. He could be sharing carries all year long. Um, I think Matthew Berry said it best on his fantasy show uh, when he said that if Connor comes back, let's say, in week three, and he could come back in week two, but the odds are he comes back in week three, he's coming back to, at best, a timeshare. Like a, He's coming back, at best, to a 50-50 role. And that's why Connor is such a, a huge risk moving forward and one of the bigger you know busts so far in the top four rounds because people grabbed this guy so high and thought he'd be the comeback player of the year. I was not as on board. Um, I thought he was okay. There was some risk. And I typically didn't take that risk because I didn't like the risk versus reward ratio. But Benny Snell is no lock to even stay healthy himself. We might see McFarland, the rookie in there at some point, starting four or five games. I don't know. I kind of just feel like this is going to be a three-part story. <laughs> Connor week one, potentially lingering into the the weeks after that. Um, Snell in the middle part and the beginning part. And then somehow McFar McFarland's story gets told. So it's tough to know where to rank all these guys. You could pick up McFarland and Benny Snell right now. If you got a spot to burn in a, in a redraft league, McFarland won't be available in a dynasty, but in a redraft league, that might not be the worst option. If you've got some bum on your bench and you can afford to pick up Snell anyway, and then you just hold both of them, you might end up with a, 
pretty good crafty combo that carries you, you know, at your flex spot all year. But I like Snell. He looks good. He ran tough. He's behind, you know, that Pittsburgh Steelers offense, which is going to be potent enough to give him enough potential, you know, workload to give him a, a total 100 yards and a shot at a touchdown pretty much every other week or every week. That's good. That's great value. We just, again, because we don't know where Connor is at, Connor could be back in week three or even week two sharing carries. That makes Naheem Hines just a little bit more valuable and secure. Now, Joshua Kelly's probably one of my favorites of the three because he's so good, and they already trust him at the goal line. I don't love this story because I like Austin Eckler. I'm still very excited about Eckler. But I think it's time to realize that Joshua Kelly's got a role. And that's okay because Melvin Gordon had a role. Austin Eckler was still top five to seven running back. So I'm okay if they revert back to throwing Eckler the ball more. They didn't give him the ball at all in the passing game in week two, in week one. So if they dial back his 19 carries to 15, give him four to five receptions and six receptions a game, then he's back to his old self. Austin Eckler is a top five to 10 running back, and Kelly still has a role that's flex-worthy. Now, if Eckler ever went down, Joshua Kelly would be a potential top 10 running back. And so you got to ask yourself, what do you want more, that potential, or do you want the now production? That is how I prioritize the top three uh, players for week one, or coming out of week one and heading into week two. You got Robbie Anderson, you got Gardner Minshew, you got a plethora of players that are available that all have value heading into to week two. Um, so let me know who's available on your waiver wire in a comment at smitty1.com, and I'll break it down for you. But I wanted to give you my top three uh, ads for, for week uh, week two. Now, Emmanuel Sanders could start for the Saints or will uh, with Mike Thomas out a couple weeks at least. That gives Emmanuel Sanders some good value. Um, there are a lot of players that are worthy of picking up in your league. John Brown, I think, has, has tremendous flex-type value that people just thought, uh, you know, and I talked about this right before week one. He, for some reason, on my my pre-game shows uh, where I broke down all the teams and the matchups, I felt like he was going to be relevant. People were just overlooking John Brown because Josh Allen loves him. Um, there's a bunch of guys we could talk about. So smitty1.com, uh, comment, and uh, we'll I'll break it down for you.